Welcome to episode 472 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little, along with me as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. It's Russell John, the Fisherman. Hi, how are y'all doing? Good, I hope. Y'all is just me right now. <laughs> Randy's no, here too. God, no, you idiot. He does not exist until I speak him okay. into existence. Well, I'm talking to the people I actually care about, which is the listener base. Oh, oh it's... <laughs> I, uh, Political Tuesday was last week, brother. You've no. already missed the voting. The Hi, polls are closed. Political Tuesday, fun. by the way. No, get the fuck. Politics are dead. Now it's like time, all my friends. It's time for family, which all everybody who tuned in right now is my family. Thank you, Charles Manson. And they'll be here soon to hang out with you and enter your bedroom in an accident. And all drink Kool-Aid together. Also joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, is the Kool-Aid man himself, Randy Michael Statt. That's me. What's up? I'm drinking a uh, a winter winter beer over here. I just bought this afternoon. What is a winter winter beer? It's a Twenty uh, First Amendment fireside chat. Apparently. Oh, oh, Randy, hold it! I like that can. Let me let it's me a get a good can. look at that can. Dude, is that a, Randy? Is that a red can? It's Christmassy. It's red and green. Yeah, yeah you're oh. jumping holidays, motherfucker! It should be a turkey on that can. Russell, that's a nice can. Yeah, for that. next month. Also, is that a gold lid? Yeah. Oh, I very oh, I like that. Twenty first Amendment, uh, San Francisco based. I think they Hell moved yeah. operations to <laughs> San Lorenzo. I, say. I think so. Yeah, they got out of here. They got cleared for. Uh, I think the brew pub is still there, no. like near near um, the ballpark. I haven't been down there in forever. I know. I haven't either. There's nothing to go down there for. <laughs> no, no, unless you got money, or you're lost. Are <laughs> you lost? Uh, a billionaire got stabbed there. Couple months back. That's cool. Taylor he Swift. Died. Yes, Taylor Swift got stabbed <laughs> in Soma. That'd be a headline. God, could you imagine? All right, let's let's live in a hypothetical world <laughs> where Taylor Swift did get stabbed. The amount of podcasts that would come out of all these now de- you know sleuth murder detectives in T in T Swift's defense. God, what a world that would be. <laughs> That was a pretty interesting hypothetical. Right well, it, you know, when you just fucking stare at it and don't, you know, engage, that's what happens. It was the Cash App founder who got stabbed out here. Yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah, oh, he yeah. died. Yeah. No, he. that's what I say. He died. Some were quick to blame San Francisco crime rates. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, it was an inside job. Someone knew him. Oh, an inside Steve Jobs. Oh, what a disgusting... <laughs> No, no. San Francisco is clean now because Xi Jinping will be here with our brave President Biden. And they they rented out two hotels to fill all with the homeless people. Xi Jinping. Like, dude, Randy, you, you left at a bad time, dude. Did the I? The president's going to be here. The future president of the world, Xi Jinping. And you're just not going to be here to get on your the hands POW? and knees and say hello. I will weirdly be back for like three <laughs> days in like a month. No, in a couple of weeks. Why? Why are you coming back? Uh, an extended family get together slash holiday party where, like, L.A., SoCal, Fresno, Modesto family is coming into town too. So, my parents, my parents said that they would pay for my flight using their miles, but I have enough miles that I use my flight, my own miles for the flight. So, <laughs> thank you for that clarification. <laughs> Well, so yeah, okay. I'll be back on the first till the fourth. 
I is, a for, is a formal invite going out? I'm just wondering where uh, Clark this, and I is, is going to arrive. Or is this just for all the Avengers assembling? <laughs> it's for all the all the Avengers assembling. Dude, assemble stat. It's probably going to be in Pleasanton, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> assemble stat. Oh, my God. Okay, let's get this fucking show over with. Uh, but, but before we do, just joining us from behind the wall is Oksana. Valerina Osachi, who I think is we're working on getting her microphone, and here she is. I'm surprised it's on. Russell usually forgets about me. Whoa, what Whoa, the fuck? God, she comes what in hot every single week. You're lucky I can't look into your eyes it's, and stare daggers at you. Oksana, in Russell's good. in Russell's defense, also, that is not something I say very often. <laughs> but in Russell's defense, you should have seen the swiftness. Over here. I know you have a, a 90 foot monitor in <laughs> front of you. <laughs> Russell was moving all over. He yeah. pressed the right buttons. He got the job done. As Randy said, call me Taylor. That was swift. <laughs> Thank you. Very nice. Okay. Are we, can we, let's start this damn thing. I have a hangover from doing one day of work and I'm uh, woefully tired. Congratulations. I know. I'm uh, falling it's, asleep. It's, it's that good hurt, that hurt of a conversation. <laughs> A memoir by Clark it's, Little. It's mostly the anxiety that was wrecking me where it's like, oh my God, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, I'm not going to bore you all with that. Anxiety is like a warm bath to me. At this point. <laughs> all right. So uh, Glory Hole still going on every Friday. We've missed every fucking episode except the first one. So I don't know if Clark has appeared, if I've appeared, if uh, Randy, were you in the show? No, because you moved. You fool. Nope. You're missing everything. Um, Me and Randy could have been naked in the shower <laughs> together, dude. He could have just came and filmed on any random day and caught that footage. That's it. Um, yeah. So glory hole. I mean, the link is still up there, right? It is a little confusing to get to, and and that's part of his charm. I, it, and the glory hole every Friday. Speaking of confusing to get to, of twenty four hour twenty three which is our very, uh, it just rolls right off the tongue, the name of the new Unnamed Footage Festival Virtual Fest. And uh, it confusing is uh, the name of the ticket. Uh, you can totally buy them. Just go to the Unnamed Footage Festival website. Go to the Nextronics website. They're going to be hosting our event this year. And it was a little, um, I mean, I'm kind of joking, but it is a little confusing. We're back with a platform where you have to sign up with them before you can purchase a ticket. So uh, we made a little instructional video that's there if you want to go ahead and watch that. I highly recommend you do. Um, and if you hated the guy who created the 12-star system or you didn't <laughs> hate him and you needed a reason to, go watch that video. Uh, but that will be happening Black Friday weekend. And guess what? Randy's going to be there. So if you want to hang out with Randy, it's the only way you can do it. Because when you get close to him, he'll move across the country. Um, I think that's everything. Oksana, was there anything else now that you're here? No, I think you covered it. It's although I don't think it's hard to get to the um glory hole screenings. It's okay. I'm gonna turn your mic off. A huge link right on the face of his website. <laughs> don't fucking stomp Ooh, on my bit my right heart, after. The hard thing is keeping track of what day Friday is for me. The hard thing is understanding what you're watching as you're dealing with like local access, which is not uh, uniform in their presentation and you might be watching three kids do homework which when we had uh, Dave on here mentioned that they had been showing that for years now <laughs> so who knows how old those kids are 
Also, still doing the homework. I don't know if we ever mentioned it on here, but Robbie um, Smith had Dave O'Shannon's podcast. I believe it's behind a paywall. It's like a dollar or something. But I'm dying to hear that. And Robbie offered to like sneak me in there. He's like, hey, dude, you've been giving me a free podcast for like how many years now? And I'm like, no, I'll pay the fucking dollar. I mean, first of all, I have two things to comment on this. Number one, (laughs) Robbie's correct. Number two, why the fuck haven't we been on Robbie's show? I... Well, probably because he's trying to have a good show. <laughs> I can confirm. Why would he ever want to do that? <laughs> yeah, he's probably trying to get like. I'm just saying, Robbie, when you want to bring the heat, you know where the kitchen is. Well, you know, we are poison to the people's and ears. Daddy's working the grill. Oh my god. Okay. Um. Uh, and another hole in the head is around the corner in December. Stay tuned. We'll plug that more as we get closer, but. Uh, for now, it's just the glory hole and of 24 hour 23. Um, okay, I think we're good. Can we bring in David? Wait, what? Of 24 hour 23. What was it? Twi- <laughs> it's the year. Come on. I got it. It took me <laughs> a little bit. And, you know, of course, we had to call it that because next year will be of 24 hour 24. Yeah. Well, the stars will align. <laughs> the Mayan calendar will come true. The simulation will come to an end. Yeah, at that point. it'll crash. Right. Um, all right. Are we good with David? Uh, real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Let's bring him. We'll in. do it after. Again, the warning. He's a little hopped up today. Uh, oh God, drinking coffee. Um. Also, I ran out of coffee. Oxana, you should have brought me a new one. Our psychic connections off. That's why she's mad at me already. Also, do you think uh, David Lynch is an innie or an Audi? What? Belly button. I don't know. Now I'm imagining him with an Audi because you asked. But I think wouldn't it's that, an innie. Wouldn't that be weird? Be why why did you think that? Because I thought Inland Empire and I thought <laughs> any Audi. Well, all right. Let's ask him after he comes in. Any Empire. All right. C- David. <laughs> that was aggressive. Good morning. It's November 12th, 2023. And it's a Sunday. Day two of Weekend Projects. And the fun work train is rolling. Today, I'll be heading to the dining car with a coffee I brewed at home, thanks to my sponsor at Dead Sled Coffee. Hold on. They gave me a thing to read. Today I'm drinking There Will Be No Leftover Coffee. Inspired by Eli Roth's Thanksgiving and his love for Ethiopian coffee, (gasps) this frighteningly delicious brew is from the Guji Zone of Ethiopia. It possesses a sinister complexity that will keep you on the edge of your seat. The coffee itself is a single-origin USADA organic, and fair trade coffee is grown at an elevation of 2,000 meters and is a smooth, sipping medium roast with notes of citrus, blueberry, and chocolate. It's truly the perfect coffee to prepare yourself to survive the sinister wrath of John Carver. There will be no leftovers. Everyone, have a great day. <laughs> All right, David. I hope we get a cut of that money. God, he he was jacked up. was a lot of information. I told you. Look at also, Eli Roth Thanksgiving. Oh. There will be no leftover coffee. It's a real thing. That's a real thing. Also, yep. David has his own coffee. I wonder why he's drinking Eli's. I think he gave up on everything, including his YouTube channel, his coffee. <laughs> and uh, he's probably, you know, just getting a little bit of that sponsor dough. The thing we've never been able to taste. You think he and Eli are homies? No. <laughs> I, I imagine <laughs> Eli would drive him crazy. Or not. I don't know. I I just imagine imagine them at a table talking. I would love to hear that. I don't know. You can hear that on Robbie's World. <laughs> Picture <laughs> it's a future lineup, and then we'll we'll sneak in there eventually. 
Uh, all right, real quick before we uh, we got anything else up top? No. Uh, before we throw it to uh, the Randalorian over there in Atlanta, I'm only about four years late on that joke. Um, real quick, uh, cue me up. Um, okay, you ready? Yep. Wait, what am I queuing you up it's for? It's this week's snack of the week. <laughs> this week's Clark snack of the week is uh. Want to get those back, Randy? We getting those bag sounds? Yeah, I can hear them. Oh yeah, we like natural sounds here on the on the podcast. Rolled corn tortilla chips, chili and lime, flavored from Trader Joe's. Now you're gonna eat one. Okay, here we're gonna me, eat one. Let me give air. you some bedding music. Oh, very nice. <laughs> now, oh, first of all, I would like Russell to describe what he sees here. Oh, I got a chode one. Russell, what do you see here? Looks like a talkie. It is exactly it a talkie. Oh, it is a talkie. It's a Dorito that is rolled. Let's get some of that crunch. Oh my god! What are you, Cobra? <laughs> That's a ten out of ten. The rolled corn tortilla chips, chili and lime flavored, from Trader Joe's. Was that it? That's a twelve out of twelve. We'll see you next week. Shouts out if you have misophonia too. What, what is, what <laughs> is that? What? An instrument? Misophonia? That's like a thing where people get like uh, weirded out by like eating noises and stuff like that. Oh well, let me tell you something. If you got misophonia, miss a fuck you, dude. Oh, misophonia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Jar Jar, their ass, dude. Uh-uh. Misophonia. Oh, misophonia. <laughs> oh, Jar Jar. Yes. <laughs> Jar Jar, their ass, dude. All right, Randy Michael Stad over there, retired to the music box as we discussed last week. Um, we have named his his lovely music room the music box. Um, we'll probably get tired of that next week, but this week probably we're sticking with the music boxes. Randy Michael Stad, uh, what's going on, brother? You said it's uh, been a little cold, been a little rainy over there in the ATL. Oh yeah, been uh, overcast, rainy. All the leaves seem to have fallen from from the trees, which it only seems to take like one oh, week out here, you know? Come on, Russ. It's my favorite. Trip. It's, uh, yeah, and it rained pretty much like all day yesterday. So I've just been chilling inside. And uh, I'm in the music box and I've been making some some tunes as well, which you may hear if you join of 24-23, potentially. Oh. That's a tease. 24 hour 23, Randy. Come yeah. on. The brand yeah, I shortened it. <laughs> also, Randy, question. How are your walnuts? I think they seem to have fallen. All of them. No mas nuts. No. I haven't heard any noises, at least. in. The, are you, have uh, you collected them? Did you collect them? Uh, No. Why? I don't know. They're in the yard somewhere, I guess. Randy, you're sitting on a gold mine, brother. You could be, you can rebrand. You can rebrand and be Randy the Walnut Man. I'm a nut guy now? Yeah. Always been a nut guy, if you feel me. I, no, (laughs) I don't. Nor do we want to feel. Again, wet walnut is what King Cobra refers to as the G spot. He says, you know you're there when you feel a warm, wet walnut. Nothing says fall like (laughs) that. I mean, you know. Uh, only a few of us are natural poets. And, uh, you know, King Cobra is certainly right there. All right, Randy, take us. 
on sure, the yeah. cinematic journey of what you experienced this week. I went once again to not the Plaza Theater, but the Landmark Theater here in uh, Midtown Atlanta. Oh, the second time you've ever been there? I've been there. They used to be one of my one of my spots. I used to go there a lot too, but uh, I haven't been there in a while. I'm th- up you until the fight? last month. No, I just, I moved a little further away and uh, it's not as close. It's like literally only like two miles farther than the plaza. But, uh, still still a lot of blue hairs hanging out at all the landmarks. I feel like that's a uh, a very strong characteristic of every landmark I've ever experienced. I don't <laughs> really? know, not, not here. There's a lot of olds, especially during the holdovers. Oh, let me be very clear. That is what I meant by blue hairs. I meant by the traditional. <laughs> I thought, no, okay. no, I know that that context has changed. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. When I say blue hair, I mean old people. That's uh-huh. what I mean. That's what I was like. I haven't seen the blue hairs. <laughs> yeah. Bl- blue yeah. hair I, means old people to me. Interesting. I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah. Well, that's before the, you know, these, you know, fem- feminazis took over. Oh, right? my God. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they don't identify as that. At blue hair has that gender. Oh, I, I'm already, I'm already out of my <laughs> yeah, league I know. here. Dude, you're fucking up. I'm already out of my league here. Yeah. Speaking of the uh, the blue hairs or the olds, as I like to call them, <laughs> oh uh, there was a lot of them in the theater for the new Alexander Payne film uh, called The Holdovers, which uh, it's a Christmas movie. So, like I said, it was feeling a little, a little colder, a little wintry here. Skip and, the uh, holiday. It's too early. It is. Yeah. But, what are they uh, doing? It's a movie uh, set in the 70s. I don't think there's like a specific year or not, but it's definitely the 70s. Um, the movie starts with like old, sort of like a, like an old, like a rated R, like title card that looks very old school. And there's like some old, like um, people, some old people. Yeah, it's it's very stylized. It's shot. Um, I don't know. It's probably shot on 16. It looks very like grainy and very yeah. old. Um, look, look, looks cool. Um, but yeah, essentially Paul Giamatti is, uh, old back in this since, uh, I think the first time since sideways working with, uh, Alexander Payne and he plays a teacher, uh, who is curmudgeonly, if you would. Does he still hate Merlot? He doesn't. There is no, no Merlot talk. He does drink a shit ton of Jim Beam in the movie though. Oh. My man. I was thinking yeah. Pap's Blue Ribbon. Jim Beam was the first whiskey I ever had. Really? I don't think I've ever had room. it. I drink it at Hannah Montana 3D. Excellent. You uh, win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I said never again. I a, <laughs> it did not sit well. See, uh, Paul Giamatti plays a, uh, a teacher that's at this um, New England uh, prep school. Um in Massachusetts, outside of Boston, I'm not sure exactly where. I believe the school called Barton Academy is a made-up school. Um, but yeah, he plays uh, this teacher who is essentially forced to stay with the kids that are at this boarding school that have nowhere to go during the holidays. So he's the one that uh, is volunteered to stay back uh, this year. And like I said, he's a, uh, you know, sort of hard to get along with. He's very curmudgeonly. and um, the main kid um, who ends up sticking it out for like most of the holiday because he has nowhere to go uh, is played by Dominic Sessa, who I believe this is his first movie. Um, he plays Angus Tully. He's really good. Uh, so it's essentially a movie with uh, the two of them. Then also um, 
character played by Divine Joy Randolph, uh, who is like a worker at the uh, at the school as well. And she's like a cook and everything. And they all have a sort of, you know, weird sort of like misfit relationship uh, together. And it's kind of just like a, you know, sort of a a hangout movie between these people that are sort of, uh, you know, difficult people, but they're all sort of forced together for the holidays. And uh, yeah, I, I, I really liked it. It's, um, what, it's like a, a little over two hours. I didn't really feel the runtime too much. I, uh, I don't know, maybe like halfway in, I really like started to get into the vibe of the movie and the characters and really was really like, oh yeah, these people are difficult people. Bit definitely curmudgeonly, like I've said like four times already, but uh I don't know. You 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 end up sort of loving these people and um the relationships that uh sort of unfold and then uh there's a they take a trip to Boston uh for some reasons which you find out in the movie. So part of it is shot in Boston and uh having been there several times recently, I uh noticed a bunch of uh well not a bunch, but several landmarks and places that they shot at. So that was cool. Like I said, it's very uh, Christmassy, very wintry, and it was a uh, good movie for a cold, uh, rainy day here. I uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Excellent. Hell yeah. <laughs> as as you've been talking, Russell has been uh, scouring the uh, IMDb 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 PP uh, yeah. the holdovers. Seeing a lot of screenshots. Uh, Russ, what what would be? Russell, do you have any experience uh, with the Alexander Payne? Uh, I don't think so. You should get it. I, I, I very much like Alexander Payne, but for whatever reason, I don't know. I can't get excited for this. Maybe because it is early to mid-November and you're trying to sell me hard <laughs> on some, you know, feel-good slash sort of melancholy uh, Christmas movie? No, thank you. No, thank you. We've got to let the Thanksgiving holiday pass. So know your order. Is the vibe here kind of like um, the film of yesteryear where characters were interesting and the story was actually good and the editing was like light and a lot of low... Because everything on here, like I'm looking at crazy credits, which is a fucking subtext on IMDb. I've never crazy seen... Credit. And it's like the film opens with the 1963-1990 Universal logo, followed by a 60s version of the Focus Feature logo. It is then followed by a 1970s vintage R rating MPAA card. That's tight. And it's like, okay, so are we, yeah. That's what I was trying to describe up front with my limited uh, words. No, I got it. And and you said it even had like the proper grain and everything that it might be shot on film. But like, yeah. as far as the script, is the pacing kind of like the films that we all like that are older and not like I mean, it's like pretty, like, I mean, like he's made a lot of the sort of like, I don't know, quintessential or like, you know, your real like straight up just indie movies for adults, uh, yeah. like Sideways, About Schmidt, Election, Downsizing, which I really didn't like. I think I like this more than oh god a lot of the movies that I've seen from him. Uh, definitely better than Downsizing. I think I liked it more than Nebraska, and probably more Nebraska. than Descendants. Um, I haven't seen Sideways or good. About Schmidt in forever. About Schmidt is one of my yeah, favorite movies. I don't know. You know his catalog is like very not election. Me. Election. Yeah. What about it? Is fantastic. It's just it, he's got kind of like I don't know stuffy taste for me. Yeah. 
And yeah, this I feels, I, I almost could imagine this being kind of like aggressively driven. Like, hey, all the shit coming out now? Fuck that. Like, here's what I'm doing. He knows how to write old white men very that's well. What, that's yeah. what I, and it's like very serious, but it's like comedy. Yeah. But it's like, here's the thing we should be highlighting. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> I don't yeah, care. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, and I think he tried to do that in downsizing and failed tremendously. Yeah. Uh, whether it be his hands or the studio's hands, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was a great idea. And uh, they certainly gave some money to it, but uh, Mama Mia, what a disaster that was! Papa Pia, I don't know. I, I just thought it was funny that you meant you had the the blue hair mix up before this because okay. again, I not feel- a mix up. I'm just <laughs> I'm just not adapting to the times. Neither is he. Blue Which hair is, why is absolutely I- a term for older people. Yeah, and um, him, you know, doing a period piece feels like I'm ignoring all this shit. Like, no cell phones, no blue hairs in the new modern way. Yeah. Like, we're just getting back to, like, a fucking dysfunctional family film a month too early. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, funny, bit. Randy, you didn't address the, uh, the elephant in the room, dude. Now, Russell was pointing this out. He highlighted it as, as Randy was talking, uh-huh. and I nodded my head. It, because it absolutely would have been something that I would have <laughs> I would have called out. No question. That? The basketball court has a three-point line painted on it at 19 feet and nine inches. High school basketball did not adopt the three-point line until 1987, a full 17 years after the movie was set. Dude, boom, dude. <laughs> Explain that. Yeah, three-point didn't come until late. Dude. Here's here's the ghost of reason. He just left. <laughs> He's ashamed with this goof. Three-point's been around less than 40 years, dude. Oh, man, IMDb, go to hell. Although, you know, if, if you care about that kind of shit, come to IMDb and hang out. Leave a review, why don't you? All right, Randy Michael, out of 12 stars, the holdover receives... Uh, let's go nine. Okay. You heard it here first. It's good. Every time. Pajimani, it sounds... Pajimani's great. The the new kid is very good. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of really good performances. New kids on the block. Yeah, they're good too. They get like six out of 12 though. Oh, they're good, and then you give a <laughs> six out of twelve. Dude? Again, still sounds like a high review. Yeah, <laughs> like a, true. Really, it's not good. But also, Paul Giamatti looks looks crazy in the movie. He has like a, uh, a lazy eye or something. And yeah, the they're really pushing that. Looks kind of like a walrus. Yeah, he looks uh, hot. <laughs> Randy. Yes, sir. I saw a movie this morning on VOD platforms near you. I love a morning movie. Here we go. Fresh. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched a movie called Scrapper, directed by Charlotte Regan. Uh, I saw. That's a weird of, name for a man. <laughs> speaking of uh, Rob World and Robbie Smith's podcast, I. Enough. Saw that he, uh, he, he had reviewed this uh, in, an, in a text post on the Patreon. And I'd heard some uh, other good things about it. But uh, yeah, directed by Charlotte Regan. It is a film from the UK um, where there is a young 12-year-old girl whose name is Georgie. And in the beginning of the movie, her and her friend um, are strolling around. Uh, and they are trying to steal bikes. Uh, that are just locked Hell up yeah. um, around town. So they are, uh, you know, little titular bike thieves uh, to go back to the, uh, you know, the Italian, great, uh, yeah. great Italian movie. film. 
That movie but uh, yeah, they are just it's trying to steal bikes movie. and they have like a person that they go back to uh, to sell it for parts or to sell it, you know, in full or whatever and get money. And uh, you're kind of wondering like why these kids are hustling. I mean, you kind of get like an idea that they're probably in like a, a rougher area um, of where they live and whatnot. But you find out that um, Georgie's mom just passed away and she is living in uh, the London flat by herself and trying to sort of, uh, you know, make means and, uh, stealing bikes and selling them for parts, um, is part of it. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the, like, you know, time length is that she's been living alone, but it's obviously a, uh, a concerning thing for a 12 year old girl to be, uh, trying to live by herself. Um, uh, but yeah, like I said, she has this, um, uh, close friend and then you kind of tell that there's some people probably helping her out and trying to like not say anything to you know the government or you know child protection services or whatever in uh london but uh yeah essentially uh, part way into the movie the um dad comes back into the picture and he is like probably like 30 35 something like that so very young father who hadn't been around uh, since she was born because they were very young, her and her mom and or him and the mom. And uh, I guess they just didn't get along. So he tries to come back and uh, help out. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's a, sort of a movie sort of about them two and this little girl who, yeah, is, you know, has some uh, obvious sort of, sort of issues uh, with her mom dying. Uh, pretty early and not really knowing her dad. And uh, it's very similar sort of movie to uh, Holdovers where it's just kind of like sort of a classic indie drama that is kind of tough. This, the color palette in this movie is really cool. It kind of reminded me of um, Florida Project a little bit. Um, and especially since it's like sort of like this rougher kid, it kind of really reminded me of Florida Project at times. And there are um, some pretty cool like stylistic flourishes where um like every once in a while um it'll go so the movie's like in widescreen but every once in a while it'll cut to like a uh four by three shot of like townspeople or like people that she went to school with or is going to school with um talking like directly to, directly to the camera like kind of commenting on her and like her actions and everything um which i thought that was cool and there's some like fun like swish pans with like noises uh, to go along with like the swishing and it like goes to sort of like these weird sort of like stylistic flourishes of like things that um, the little girl's like imagining. Um, yeah, it, it's a, uh, it's pretty cool. It's not as like hard hitting as something like the Florida, Florida project is, but uh, the performances are, are really good here as well. And uh, yeah, it's a good one. If you like solid indie dramas that are, uh, you know, sort of for adults, although the, you know, the, a children, child is the main uh character but yeah it's sort of a that type of type of thing we in london you said yes we're in london well who's their football club uh that's a good question i think she is wearing like a football jersey or something no it's not a well it might be but it just shows like a sponsorship (laughs) on it i'm trying to i'm trying to go through and see it says uh Hold up, I can probably tell you. Yeah, I can't tell. Oh, there it is. Why, why do you humor these dumb questions? It's on the poster. <laughs> is it? 
I don't, you know, Randy, looking through the photos and hearing you talk about it, I thought this was going to be like a gritty, like stark, this is reality yeah. kind of thing. And then reading I the tag was going to be a little rougher around the edges as well. Oksana, help me out. What was that brutal fucking movie we watched about the, the baby living alone in that apartment? We, we swore to never speak of that movie. The Japanese know. one. Let me find it. Could you imagine watching that movie now? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I'm going to talk about a movie later that had a really dumb kid thing, but watching this, like the storyline on IMDb is Georgie, a dreamy 12 year old girl lives happily alone in her London flat, filling it with magic. Suddenly her estranged father turns up and forces her to confront reality. To me, like hearing you talk about it, I was thinking like, oh dude, this is going to be like IFC, like brutal, like, you know, uh, there's weighing yeah. both sides of freedom. And then I'm reading that. I'm like, is this like a feel good movie where it's like, oh, I'm coloring and Oh, I baked a cake in my easy bake oven and I can live off this. And then dad yeah. shows up and is like, bitch, pay your bills. And it's like, I'd say it's like, it leans a little bit into like the sort of grittiness, like realism, but it definitely gets to the, uh, you know, sort of happy ending type of thing. Um, yeah. This feels they get like jerked off. It feels like a <laughs> yeah. um, conservative parent, like crafted a film for their liberal like kid. It's I like mean, you gotta stop the, playing around and grow up. You can, it feels like a happy ending by the end, but also they kind of comment that on that in the movie because the dad is also sort of like potentially, you know, a, a hustler dork. or a criminal. So okay. much implied well. euphemism in your review, dude. Coming and happy endings. <laughs> Come on, dude. I thought you were gonna say he does like portraits on the pier to make money. And, and she's like, dad, fuck you telling me to grow up. You're a loser. <laughs> and he's like, ooh. And then he paints a picture of her and they hug. And then the So is this roll. funny? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> it's, more, it's more drama than comedy. I don't the, need any the, more drama uh, in my life. The father does help her um, with scraping off serial numbers off of bicycles and uh, how to steal bicycles, too. So he's also kind so of he, a... Uh, it was like burn notice. This is how to family, do it. I guess. He shows up. He's like, you got a good operation here. He's looking at all the bikes hanging on the walls. He's like, I know what this needs, though. And then he adds in the tough. Enter the mafia. Oh, yeah. That's what this needs. <laughs> and then it becomes a Thanksgiving movie. We're hitting all the buttons here. All right, Randy. Good, out of 12. As as Tower Heist. <laughs> oh, my nothing, God. Nothing is, really. I don't know. I, 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 Although I do wish it was kind of more like a uh, gritty sort of realistic or like Florida projecty thing. I did really like it. So I don't know, probably, probably eight or nine still. Make a choice. Billy's back. We'll, we'll keep with holdovers and go nine for both. Okay. Oh, All right. That's 18 out of 24 for two movies. Damn, you're right. It's pretty good. I didn't cry, but you might cry at a couple parts. Okay, first of all. By who, who, whom are you referring to? The audience listening okay. to them, all 85 of them. It's like, I don't fucking cry, dude. Even though I may have worked a wedding yesterday, I was telling myself internally, please don't cry. You're here professionally. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I started tearing up. It was bad. All right, enough about me. Did, so you had to watch the whole ceremony? Yeah. Of course, bro. I was a part of it. I went up there. All right. Uh, Randy, anything else? 
Yeah, this is the this is more snack related. I know we already went through Clark's oh, snack yeah. uh, of the week, but I haven't had it yet. But at Del Taco, they now have birria ramen. What are they are they paying you too? You and David roll in here with your own sponsors, dude. No, but and my Clark friend, too. What the fuck? My friend ramen. Dave, not David, uh, did just text me saying that he is at Del Taco because I sent him a text about it. And he's like, you just viral marketed me. Okay. So what is happening? I'll get the review and we'll find out if it's good or not. Oksana, we bit. need a brand. <laughs> we need Interest. a brand to shill on this fucking show. Interesting. <laughs> Brent, did I tell you a few weeks ago, uh, I had a birria pizza. Yeah. He did tell it was me actually, that. It was very good. It came with a side of consomme. So you dip the pizza in the consomme. It was yeah. great. Very good. Out of 12 stars, I'll give it 10 and a half. No half. Hey, I like the half. If you go half, <laughs> then we're on a 24-star rating system. Remember that. 10 out of 12. Okay. 10 and a half. Interesting. You knocked it. Well, Normally, you round up at five. For food, there's You just always, couldn't do it, though. You're like, I have, to, I have to give an honest review. It just cannot be 11. It could have been a little saucier. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But the consomme, you know, it does a lot of heavy lifting there. Consomme. Ooh, Salome. love Consomme Salome. Consomme Salome. Salome. Nice. Ooh, la, la. All right, Randy, anything else? Any other food reviews or uh, <laughs> no, films? No, sir. That's it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's knock out the uh, retreads first because uh, they're going to be kind of quick. So uh, here we go. It's a double Randy retreat. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go very quickly. I want to cover that. Uh, I did watch in its entirety. All eight episodes. Uh, Ocho for our uh, friend south of the border. Of the uh, blue hairs. <laughs> of the blue hairs. Of Mike Flanagan's the blue hairs. The fall of the house of Usher. <laughs> no, oh, I'm sorry. No, no. That wasn't me, dude. That was the that was Thank the ghost. You. Thank you so much. Uh, I very much enjoyed this. It's very good. It's just under uh, Black Mass, Midnight Mass. What's that thing called? Mass, <laughs> I always get them. I always get them mixed up. Midnight Mass, right? Yeah. This is this is right under Midnight. Midnight Mass hit on like you know uh, so an good. emotional level um, for me. That that's why I got to keep it there. But from an entertainment level. I, I had fun the whole way through uh, with the fall of the House of Usher. Uh, I, I enjoyed every episode. Um, even though, you know, we knew where we were going at the end, I still liked the build and I still liked, uh, you know, how they kind of, you know, ended everything together. And uh, I like the cast. Oh, can you go back as Russell is uh, doing what he does uh, to my appreciation of uh, one more. I, I briefly want to talk about um, Mark Hamill in this show. Yeah. The man made choices yeah. and he committed to those choices. And I loved every second. He plays <laughs> a psychopath in this show. He, he, I mean, he, this is his voice the entire And he plays this impenetrable 
legal force. He is a one-man legal team behind the biggest pharmaceutical family dynasty in the history of the world. And it is just him, and he does everything. And he's he's so much fun to watch. Um, Resicass is great. Um, I think that they did a pretty good job of, of with the homage to Poe. Um, it is sort of, you know, dollar store Poe. Uh, but oh, you know, we, it's only an homage. I've been reading all of his work to prep for this show. I mean, you know, we, we hit, we hit the big notes here, but I, I like what he's doing. It's, it's a fresh twist to it and it all comes crumbling down. Like, you know, you have to know that that's the way it's headed. And, uh, Carla Gigino, is that, is that how I say her name? Carla right? Gigino. How do you say her name? Gigino, I think. Gagino. Oh, no. She Thank was also you. in The Godfather. She's great. She's, She's in everything. The good God. The good. I can't do it. Um, yeah, and Bruce Greenwood. I. I don't know. I. I very much enjoyed it. Um, have fun. It's eight hours of your life. Can't do it. it but hey, man, if you're looking at something to binge, oh, this is prime grade A bingeable material. <laughs> oh, The House of Usher out of twelve stars, I'll give it ten. Man, I saw a oh, meme yeah. today. That had a couple streaming services, and under it, it was like, "We only roll out our show in weekly format so that we can get you talking about them longer." And then under that, it had Netflix with like the cool Chad like face. It's like, "I'll just drop it there. Do what you want with it." And I'm like, "Is this how people feel?" <laughs> like, fuck that weekly rollout. I hate that shit. Give me all the heroin in that syringe. That's it. God damn. All right, and also from Netflix, we're staying on the same streaming service. Uh, just came out this past week. Is the Fincher Boys' new offering from David Fincher, <laughs> the Killer? <laughs> but it isn't. Um, I'm. I'm. It's not Killer. I actually paired this with another movie I'm about to talk about um, that I watched first, but uh, the Killer. As, as Randy talked about uh, last week, we got Fassbender, who um, he is a uh, he's a contract killer, and he is a he is a high dollar contract killer. Now, I don't know how many of you are, are sleuths out there on the internet, and you understand how the world works, but honestly, it does not require it requires less money than you think it does to have a person. Uh, oh yeah, yep. It don't, it don't take a lot. Confirmed. Allegedly. We can confirm that a legend that we're I've watched is. about 14 hours of Trap Lore Ross and he Yeah. Oh yeah. The hit is out there. However, they're they're you know, you take a life and you think, oh dude, it's gotta be millions. Eh, no, you got no, 10K? Well see no, see Maybe that's even a little bit lower. That's the thing. It's like, you know, everything is relative and this is the this is the high end world. So these are oh, influential okay. people that are being taken out. And Fastbender is your guy. Oh, the Cash App guy, right? <laughs> Fastbender had to the kill first, him. <laughs> the first thirty minutes of this movie, we're basically hanging out with Fastbender as he's waiting to kill somebody. He's negotiating via text. I mean, it's mostly him. No, it's mostly uh, him uh, narrating, okay. and then we see him stretching. We see him going and getting coffee. Also, his wardrobe in this. I want to dress like him for the rest of my life. A uh, lot of uh, bucket hats and Hawaiian shirts. You know, I love a bucket hat. A um, lot of light clothing. Um, you know, as as he uh, as his uh, home is in the Dominican Republic, so you know he's a beach guy at heart, Russell. Um, 
Oh, he's he's doing the, right. uh, the initial stakeout from a abandoned WeWork. Yes, which was also a little funny. Uh, that's a that you know that's Fincher boy humor right there. All right, uh, sniping out of the uh, abandoned. WeWork. First the sewer boys, now the Fincher boys. Is right. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, sewer boys will always get my vote. But um, oh, by the way, uh, Dick's a musical available for rental and purchase on is. VOD. There's your sponsor. Now. Thank you so much. <laughs> this week brought to you by Dick's. Here's the thing. First thirty minutes, we're waiting on him to kill somebody, and then, uh oh, he misses. So, Whoa. so the rest of the movie is uh, about him missing, and then um, his employer trying to uh, button up the miss because somebody's got to take the fall. And uh, yeah, not to tell you what happens, but uh, he takes uh, the rest of the movie taking these people out who uh, wronged him. Because he missed the shot, and shouldn't have missed, dude. And he is, he, but the man is a consummate professional. Get good. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> he did get good because we see him uh, kill about uh, I don't know a dozen people in this movie. Like a training montage. And um, the thing is, is like you know, when you want to talk about subversion, um, I think that uh, Russell brought up a, a good example of this yesterday. Uh, Jim Jarmusch's uh, oh, movie. Yeah. Um, what was that? What was that called? Randy Quick. Only Lovers Left Alive. No, no, the one about the killer. Yeah, it's an assassin movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it. You keep talking. Thank you. But uh, this is not this. As as you know, this is an action. This is a version of sort of the action movie in a way that. Um, you know, we're we're not afraid. There's a lot of narration. <laughs> and not only is there a lot of narration, there is a lot of uh, very carefully and manicured The playing, limits of control. The limits of control. Thank you very much. This is not this. Because we, we're on assignment the whole movie. Because there's a gun that fires. <laughs> yeah. We're moving. There's and dialogue. <laughs> we know the mission. And we're trying to uh, exterminate. We know we know what we have to do. And uh, it's mission mundane, not impossible. You know, that that's fun. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't, you're throwing me. I know I am. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, nine out of 12. It's good. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I'm confused. Wait, nine out of 12 is the thing that Randy's been getting every movie. Yeah, this and- is getting a nine out of 12. I do believe I gave the killer 10 out of 12 last week, though. Ooh. Also, and the reason why it's getting a nine out of 12 and not a 10 out of 12. He missed I, that shot. I if you would have hit it. I fucking hate the Smiths. Oh. Yeah. And there is so much Morrissey in this. Dude, I'm in now. You should have you led with that. So much Morrissey. Uh, that's what he uses to focus. I mean, why couldn't he use that? Look oh. at this fucking spider piece of shit. No, wait, fuck, wait, bitch. He, they listen to Morrissey to focus. He listens to Morrissey to focus. That reminds me of fucking blade. Remember with the iPod. It's like, Oh, she's always got to listen to her play mic, her, her uh, playlist before we kill vampires. Yeah. Well, you know, it takes inspiration. <laughs> that would you be know, get things going. hey i'm into that you make an action movie that takes all the worst moments from popular action movies dude i'm you into know, that 
That's great. I think they made it, and it's called the Marvels. <laughs> God. Oh man, I should have pu- I should have pulled it. It's either the New York Times or the New Yorker, something. They wrote a scathing fucking review about that movie, and it gave me so much joy because I'm a terrible person. But I'm that's neat. It cost that, right? I think so. Yeah. I um. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't I can't even pretend to care anymore. I feel like um. Marvel's like kind of run its course, right? Yeah, I could not care less about this at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm even annoyed that you're even bringing it up. I know, but I don't dude, give a fuck review, about them anymore. Dude. The review is so good. It was just, what's it tomatoing? At? It was just mean. Oh, I don't know. It's got to be kind of low. Okay, let's do let's do the killers versus uh, the Marvels. The killer. God, oh, yeah, I of course. I, of course, I already what? looked it up. It's a hundred, right? No, sixty-two. Audi- audience is 84. Rotten Tomato on the killer, 85. And the audience score, 65. Yeah. I, I it's, would, that's almost a literal like reversal right there. That's a, I, I, I'd say that's about right. Um, you know, you're, you're getting what you should expect from Fincher at this point. And uh, yeah, it's exactly that. But, uh, you know, when you want to put that much more, see, in your movie, you're making a choice for Clark Little, and uh, I'm out. Yeah. We'll see you next week. All right. Uh, let's move along to... Panic on the streets. Sort of uh, the second part Here, of let this... let me pull up some Morrissey for you. No, thank you. <laughs> um, the second part of this uh, action double feature is a movie from 2019, a movie that just kind of... Well, I think this is also on Netflix. Uh, the next choice yeah. is we're going to be outside of Netflix, but this one... Is also on Netflix. After years of assaults on him in prison, <laughs> convicted felon Kane Burgess escapes oh. for revengement on those responsible. <laughs> this is Avengement from Jesse V. Johnson. Avengement now, Sevenfold. If you don't know Jesse V. Johnson, um, he is an action guy. This is what he does. And um, out the gate, I'll tell you, this movie is fun. This movie is pretty good. He made White Elephant the movie? Yeah, he, uh, Debt Collectors, The Mercenary, White Elephant, One Ranger, Triple Threat, Accident Man, Savage Dog, The Package, The Butcher, Green Street Hooligans 2. He made part two? This is the guy. Dude, Accident Man? Is that, he He just like trips all the time? And- Dude, <laughs> Chevy Chase is the Accident yeah. Man. Um. Oh, this movie's good. The uh, Hitman Diaries, dude. Fuck yeah. Can you go back rules. to the Avengement page? Oh, come on. Thank you. You don't want to see more of the Hitman Diaries? Scott Atkins plays Kane Burgess here. He does an incredible job. Um, that He does so much kicking of one's ass in this movie. There is a ton of fighting. There is a ton of blood. There is a ton of gun. There's gunplay. And also, it's British. So, ha ha ha. Look at that. They actually do have guns in <laughs> And it's shot off, sawed, oh boy, sawed off shotguns, um, which are fun, you know? I, I, I think the level of, of when you have a sawed off shotgun in a movie, that kicks it up just a little bit notch for me, of like, because there's some thoughtfulness there. Um, it always reminds me of Max Payne. I like a sawed off shotgun. I, I will always like it. 
Maybe Did you ever play that? Maybe game? because I have a sawed-off dick. <laughs> maybe that's it. I well, don't know. That's why your blast is so powerful. That's right, baby. <laughs> I got that sawed-off off. shotgun dick. That's why I relate. Um, but man, here's the and here's why I I like this movie a lot is it pulls you in because it's an inter- it's an interesting premise and the premise is and it, it, it's an interesting premise of of how they build on it and because it starts out with a very basic story of we got a guy an accountant he's a boxer oh and he's close. a failed boxer okay because he was a good boxer but he got out of boxing because he was supposed to throw a fight and he didn't because he's good. He knew he was good. So he knocked out the guy in the first round. He was supposed to lose the fight, and a lot of people lost money, and he had to go on the run. And now he's owing money because he wants to start a new restaurant. So he goes to his brother. Oh his brother does a lot of scams. <laughs> he's like, man, I need you to give me some money. He's like, I'm not going to give you money. But what I will do is that you need to do a job for me, and don't worry. Job's going to be easy. All right? A kid can do this job. There's going to be a woman. She's going to go across the street. She's going to carry a blue bag. You need to take that blue bag away from her and bring that blue bag to me. What's in the blue bag? Fuck you's in the blue bag. Go get the blue bag. Guy go gets the blue bag. Girl end up dead. He goes oh. to prison. Now, he's in prison. He's getting questioned by the police. And they're just like, why are you with your brother? He's I don't know fuck about my brother. I don't like my brother. I don't know anything my brother's doing. I just went to go get the blue bag, and now this woman's dead. He goes to prison. He goes to prison. Your timing is impeccable as always. He goes to prison. And then um, people start to kill him. And he and, and you know, he's a trained fighter. He's a boxer. They start to kill him? They're trying to kill him. Okay. They try, they, people start, yeah, that's right. they, <laughs> they start to kill him. Word is out. Come to find out, his brother put a price on his head. His brother wants him dead. And guess what, boys and girls? It changed him. He shaved his head. He got fucked up in the face. Uh, there's something called prison napalm. I'll let you figure out what that is in the movie. He gets stabbed. He gets, look at that face. He gets all jacked up. Now his teeth, he got curb stomped. There's actually, this movie is violent. Um, they curb stomp him. They knock out his teeth. They fuck up his whole mouth. And instead of putting, you know, white, you know, porcelain veneers in there, they put those metal teeth in. Now, the the dentist said that uh, when he got out of prison, they he can replace those with the veneers, and he said, I "Actually, quite like these." He's like, <laughs> "They make me scary as fuck." Oh my god! And he is scary as hell. There's no there's no doubt about it. There's a lot of bone crunching violence. It is good. Yeah, that's when he gets curb stomped right there, as you can imagine. Oh my god! Um. So then. His mom is sick, Randy. His mom has cancer. Now, the 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 government agency they're 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 finally they're gonna they're close to turning him because they want his brother. They want his brother, and he's the key. They're like, we'll give you whatever you want, but you give us your brother. He's like, all right, I'll give you my brother, but you need to grant me this wish. My mom is dying. I want to go see my mom. They're like, okay, we'll send you on furlough to go visit your mom. Well, guess what? She dies when he's in the fucking elevator. And so then he sees, and then he wants to go see his mom. And guess what? That bitch breaks out of prison. He kills like eight people in the elevator. And then he goes to his brother's secret bar. Can you not go through this whole movie? I'm doing, but see, no, 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 no. 
how I'm doing this is not in the order of the movie. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing a very good job of painting the picture. So he goes to the, he goes oh to the bar. Now, Randy, there, there are some bar in the United States. I know this is a thing, but I think it's more of a thing um, in the United Kingdom. Now, in the United States, um, you know, we have we have country clubs, but we also have, you know, uh, bars that require member access, member only bars. And that is what we have here at this pub. And he kills the two security guards to get access until he's waiting on his brother to come to seek his avengement. 10 out of 12. All right. I um, would like to jump in here and say I'm shocked that you brought a movie that I am excited to watch. This shit, let, let me just put that out there. It looks like Cell Block 99, like kind of, yeah. but different totally. way more action forward. Honestly, yeah. this reminds me of that Filipino movie we watched. Oksana, I need your help. What was that Filipino movie with um, uh, like the... Was he was like a more Filipino Batista? Oh, tight. It's something wolf. Let me see. It wasn't wolf. No, it's not that. Also, did you ever find that brutal Japanese baby I'm movie? Still looking. I always forget the title of it. It's hidden because it will haunt people if they watch it. All right. Well, look up. Now you have two movies to find. This movie's tight. Um. Yeah, I want to watch it. Day, uh, the, Day Zero is the Filipino. One. Day Zero. Yeah, it, huh. it's got that kind of vibe in there. This shit looks good though. Like. Did it hit theaters? Or this is like fucking what four years old now? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I've never heard of it. Same. Hey, good job, I dude. I'm into it. Also, I got distracted after you said that uh, the guy that assigned the job said it's so easy a kid could do it. Yeah, it'd be funny if there was like a sketch version of this where there's a kid nearby and then the kid signs up to do it and then a kid goes and like kills a bunch of people. Oh, it's know, called the fun. Wire, Randy. Why don't you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch that movie. Imagine that. Dragons? Always, dude. Uh, hey, yeah, you just described season four of The Wire. Dude, this is a very musical episode. In case I've you haven't noticed, that season. the uh, vinyl floor hasn't been up. So we're keeping Hell it real. Yeah. We've mentioned the killers. I hope you have your bingo cards at home. Killer. We've had Morrissey. <laughs> no, killers, Randy. This time I was actually oh, talking about moon. the band. Oh, my God. I think that movie's actually called The Blossoming Butthole of a Failed Director. Oh God. Can we go to my last movie, please? <laughs> oh, you have another one? Oh, yeah. my God. I, I'm the one moving these along. You're the ones that are fucking setting up tents over here. You're doing your movie? Them along? This is not a movie. Oh, okay. Take it back. Let me play it in reverse. I got it. We got to get that soundboard away from you. Oh, it's the ghost of comedy. <laughs> Now, this is this is a this is a movie that uh, has been on my list for a long time because people have said to me, "Clark, have you seen this movie?" <laughs> Clark, you should see this movie. This is a this is a Clark movie. This has been. Would you say that this would be? Would you portray this as a Clark? I don't movie? know. Anytime you do anything radio adjacent, it's the same shit with me. If it is actually in your Q zone, you're hypercritical of it. Yeah. So I feel like it might be, and then you're like, no, it's a pretender Clark movie. That was the thing. And I guess I guess maybe that was I don't know why I didn't. I just didn't, but now I did. I've seen Pontypool. A radio host intercepts the possible outbreak of a deadly virus which infects the small Ontario town. 
he is stationed in. Oh, Boo. they ended they ended in a preposition. I don't like any of that setup. I watched it blind, much better way to go in. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um is great. Yeah. It's um, smart. It's fun. Engaging. It's funny. It is engaging. Um Stephen McHattie, who plays great Grant Mazzy, who is the radio guy. Excellent. Excellent. Perfect casting. Great. Great voice. Especially in, you know, cold Ontario. You want something, um, you know, that's graspy and has sustenance and gravity. And he brings that to this role. And uh, I, I think the entire movie, we're inside the radio station. Um, I, uh, we, we see outside once, but where the, the, the perspective is looking inside. So we don't see, you know, the, the outer reaches of what we're supposed to be seeing. Um, and yes, this is a, a play on sort of a zombie outbreak. Uh, but, uh, the way that it is transmitted, uh, was new and fresh, at least to me. I don't think I had, uh, ever, you know, experienced how they, pulled that off uh it being you know audio and um and also the ending i thought was really good and really smart and um very sad uh but also sweet and uh kind of i don't know i think i think they kind of you had your cake and eat it too a little bit but i still like the ending you remember the ending no don't don't ruin it. This movie's fifteen years old. That's fine. Let so, people discover it. You just did for the first time. I'm just saying this movie's a tenth grader. And as far as like uh, social contagion delivered via like audio, The Signal's the only other movie I could think of. From yeah, 07. but this yeah. this one is different, right? Yeah, it's very different because it's all it's all centered around words. Um, man, it's it's really good. It's uh. I don't know when, when you have, it's not done in one take and I'm glad that it wasn't. Um, I think this is, this is the type of movie that you could do in one take. Yeah. And I think that you could, it could be an accomplishment. Um, but I think that this approach, it's great. You know, there, there's no added sort of, uh, you know, over theatrical element that just is sort of be there to, um, it's got a pretty active camera, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, um, but it's all in it's contained. Yeah. I just remember this movie doing a really good job of painting a mental picture of what the outside might be like, which I think is really where these movies fall apart or if they can't have a good oral like segment of the movie, it just, you don't care as a part of I did want to mention this, that one, that one thing that was interesting to me was that this was either his first day on the job or one of his first days on the job. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know why that's important to the story. Um, he does kind of go into, you know, his fears of uh, working there as it's always dark that time of the year. and He doesn't like that. He hates it. And uh, I, I did, uh, you know, I, I'm on the same page with him there. Um, that would drive me crazy. If I had to live in a place that was dark for, you know, 24 hours yeah. a day, I, I would I would kill myself. 
I could do it. No, I would hate it. No, kill you. Give me the sun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd let you. Um, yeah, no, it's it's great. Uh oh. Eleven out of twelve. Oh shit. Okay. Damn, that's pretty good. That's one point eight three thumbs, dude. You know, I was I was in that ten to twelve zone, and I'm like, you know, why not an eleven? Yeah. yeah the classic question you ask yourself all the time: Why not eleven? And uh, in the half a second that I had to, uh, <laughs> you know, review that question in my yep. head, I, nothing really popped up. Um, yeah, Pontypool's great. Check it out. I'm glad you watched. How did you watch it? It was streaming? I believe it is on um, either Amazon Prime or uh, a streaming service, uh, which I will no longer mention in name on this show. Okay, sure. It's the latter. Uh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, Randy will happily uh, pick up that. All right. I found the name of that movie. Which one? About the, the kids. What's it called? Sunk into the womb. Oh yeah. Oh, even man. worse. God, I got chills even hearing God, that. God, thanks like, for that bummer. <laughs> you recited an incantation or something like it. Oh man, you know that what? movie. I'm gonna watch this movie today. Really? Sunk into the womb. Yeah. Oh, dude. Don't do it. You can come hug Cliff after. Bro, it's only it's only 95 minutes. That's an ah, easy breezy watch, oh, baby. Yeah, Randy, if you're disappointed with your Scrappers movie, go ahead and jump into that one. <laughs> um, I'm good. Yeah, but Pontypool, to close the book on that, that's one of those like actual cult movies that forever has been, um, you know, the fans have been bubbling up about a part two. It's like, what would you do with the part two to that? You the professor could, was very good. Dude, you could never recreate that again, though. I feel like if we tried to jump back into, like, another radio setting, you'd have to go completely different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, you can't do it. Radio movies are good. Uh, you know, that's one of the few Oliver Stone movies I enjoy is, oh, is talk radio. Fuck yeah. Of course, we got the great Eric Bogosian. So, uh, you know, Bogosian's doing all the heavy lifting. And the ending does suck. Let's be honest. Um, all right, are you all done? Ending's hack. I fucking hate all of you. <laughs> all right. Well, then uh, it's time for a handoff. Because this week I've been too busy to do anything. This week. And I almost d- didn't have even a, a new movie to talk about. But uh, I knew there was one. There's always one movie that you forget about before recording. Oh, yeah. And I, I had to keep uh, bugging Oksana. I'm like, I know we watched something. And then she reminded me that I had a BNO, a boys' night out, as I went to the East Bay. We did. To catch uh, our homie, Robbie Smith's uh, theatrical, I don't know, is it the West Coast theatrical? It, it might actually be. The California premiere. Yeah, California premiere. And what better way to do it than on beanbags with friends at the new <laughs> Parkway <laughs> Cinema. Hit the queue. Or, you know, our sponsor... <laughs> The new Parkway. Can we talk about the new Parkway? <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> Let's set the scene first. So, uh, honestly, this was kind of like a a fun uh, gathering. Like we're all, I don't know, we're all getting older. We're all getting a little bit of a Randy. Just in our a bones. bunch of juggalos getting Just together. A bunch of <laughs> the family, dude. Uh, listener Sam, creator of the Twelve Star System, drove out. He was in town to go to five metal shows in a week. Damn. The man. Uh, you know what? Hats off to you. I haven't donned my battle jacket in uh, many a yesteryear. <laughs> oh boy. But he was in a hotel sewing on some patches, which I, I gave him shit for. He had a couple iron on on there, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, you're doing pins, dude? What are you, a fucking punk? 
these are the kind of cool things we talk. Did about. you know any of his patches? No, he's a black metal dude. Uh, so so the the aesthetics is very cool though, where you get like a black denim and then you do all black and white patches. He had Family. one one red, and I'm like, you have to comment on that. He's like, well, I had two. It, it's not really that significant. Well, whatever. Um, he showed up, picked up me and Clark, who I was shocked that Clark wanted to go. Especially when what I told you him mean? there would be five people in the car as Terrell joined us and our ex co host. Well, I knew it was going to suck, but I w- it would be better than me driving to Oakland because that's never oh, going to happen. Yeah, no. That, pretty much that's what everybody said. So, again, shout out to Sam. Yeah. But, uh, Plus, I didn't want to pay 60 bucks to Uber over there. Oh, God. Yeah, I could have barred it. I was going to bar it. You were going to bar it. Um, yeah, uh, Terrell joined us and the former third chair, Justin Coop, where if you go back uh, f- over 400 episodes, you can hear him talk. And we all got down there, and I'll tell you, I had a blast in the car ride. It was a lot of fun. We did all clench uh, when we thought the car was about to flip. Uh, Sam, you're a good driver. That's no reflection. We were prepared. I I was terrified. (laughs) I thought we thought he was going to make a hard left as we were cutting it very close. And normally, I'm in the position where I'm driving, and everybody's about to be late because of me. And I wasn't in that position this time. And we we it felt like we were not going to make it. Well, because we were a uh, a giant fleshy blob in that middle <laughs> seat. Because Randy, it was uh, Justin Coote to my left, I Russell Fisher to my right, yeah. and me yeah. in the middle. I was riding bitch. Yeah. <laughs> now that he, was, he did volunteer for that. I because I knew it was happening, so I just you know why delay the inevitable. <laughs> He kept reaching in his pockets and he was like, dude, I'm not trying to do anything. Yeah. But we knew it was. And up. it took an hour to get to Oakland. But, you know, thank you. know, Thank you. Let's take a moment and really reflect on the power of the phone because Waze helped us. We got off the freeway, which felt, oh, my God, it was so unintuitive. We're like, what are we doing? We're never going to make this now. And Sam is making turns, going through alleyways, running over homeless, and we're trying to get back on the bridge. And, uh, man, it really didn't feel like we were going to make it. And we did. And then, because of the beautiful people at the New Parkway, they didn't start the movie until about 20 minutes after the runtime. They knew we were running late. They had the director on the floor going, when in the fuck is this movie going to start? <laughs> Which, of course, it was good to see Robbie. A lot of people came out. for. Actually, the turnout was really good here. It's great. Here's the thing. I know y'all you've been listening forever and you remember back in the day when we saw a working cut and I gave a, a review. I believe I did. I believe Randy did. I mean, we all might've actually, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Uh, I kept making jokes. Get your coffee ready, boys, get ready. You're going to need some energy. This movie's got a deliberate pace. I believe I would call it. And uh, honestly, I think we went with three people who hadn't seen the film before and, but they knew Robbie and they were excited. Um, it was perfect. I sat on the couch again. We teased beanbags. We did not get that theater. Thank God. I don't think I could have taken the car ride back with everybody. It was the big theater. It was the big theater. And I'd say 70% full. It was pretty full. Only one lamp was haunted, which I kept looking at. And, uh, we sat there on a couch again, the God, the couch, it's a weird thing. There's something about hanging out on a couch and watching a lot of TV that, really lends itself to like stewing in your own juices. Like I just, you go over somebody's house and you got to know them pretty well because you're like, there's a lot of biomatter on this shit. I'm just going to hang out there. But then you put that couch 
and 18 of its brothers in a theater in the East Bay. And it's like, who the fuck died on this couch? And I was sitting there holding a cushion. I had a pillow on my lap. And I'm like, this just does not feel like I'm at a movie theater. And luckily, I was sitting next to Terrell and Sam, who the yin and yang of enjoying that movie. Uh, Terrell almost immediately fell asleep. And if you know Terrell, he's a little sassy. He likes to give a little attitude. What? He woke up, looked at me and went, God, I'm so sorry. He's like, I'm just really tired. <laughs> He's been filming a bunch. He's been doing uh, Blu-ray Tuesday, which you should watch if you haven't. And he's been doing DH1s, I Love Money. And he was just wrecked. And he was like, Man, I'm having a hard time watching this right now. And it might be because of the deliberate pace I mentioned earlier. Anyway, I looked over to Sam and I was like, is he about to cry? I kept thinking that. I'm like, dude, it feel like he's being moved. So I got the full yin-yang. And then in the middle of that, we had Clark stand up in the middle of the movie, walk down to a doorway that was brightly lit up with an exit sign. He goes down under it, comes back out of the doorway and just, I felt like you're looking at me saying, what the fuck? Shaking your head. And then you went back and sat in your seat. Now speak about this. First of all, this place is a fucking dump. <laughs> and it needs to be shut down by the city of Oakland. Oh, my God. By Alameda County, by the state of California. It is the ghost ship of theaters. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> the ghost ship. Uh, I This place sucks. <laughs> and... The people there are not nice. They weren't. And I and I am so tired of this. I, and and uh, I'll also be clear. The people at the Alamo are not nice. Some, I, you know, they're homies. I, Shout out. A little bit of a fucking effort in the, no. in, in, for customer service. Tip share. That's all. They don't fuck give a fuck anymore. That, I mean, that's a, just, don't give me this fucking attitude. With every fucking thing. Wait, get back to the beanbag. I'm so sick of it. All right. But the theater, y'all chose, the the theater is is not very deep, but it's very wide. It's very, very wide. Y'all chose on the way fucking opposite side. So when I got my Diet Coke, uh, $6, (laughs) tiny fucking piece of garbage. I the as soon as I got in, the lights turned off, and I had to manufacture my way uh, at many snake my way through a barrage of couches on the ground <laughs> level while y'all were on the third with your own little barrage of couches. It's just fucking bullshit. And then, yeah, I wanted to pee. Two exit signs. <laughs> That that door led to the kitchen. I thought maybe there was a another hallway that would go outside. No. Why the fuck do you have an exit sign there? Wait, there is no fucking exit. This place sucks all the dicks. I love you, Robbie, but I hate this place. I get, but we had a great time. Dude, that energy was communicated when you turned around. I was so mad. You was like, oh, he's pissed right now. It's funny. <laughs> and also, <laughs> the, it's a dark movie. And what I well, I, I mean by, you know, there's not a lot of light yeah. illuminating from the screen. Therefore, the theater is dark. And I wasn't about to go through all these, you know, yeah. this hangout in the front row. 
trip on a beanbag, land on a Such lamp. trash. Did anyone actually sit on a beanbag? No. No, we didn't get that theater. That's the other theater. Um, So I should say, we sat over there because Sam went there. And I, I saw Justin had found some other homies and he was down there. I'm like, okay, I'll go up there with him. And he went, oh, yeah, this couch called to me. And I was like, okay. And then I know, Sam, you know, he made the 12-star system. We, we got to give him some leeway. And uh, <clears throat> Terrell came up, brought me a beer. This was perfect. You know, Oksana wasn't there. She's the one with all the money. And I'm just... I was just a bum. I'm hanging out. And Terrell brought me a beer. He shared some popcorn. Now, at the end of it, he, he was like, hey, do you want to finish this? And he gave me, I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. And I ate it. And I, I couldn't help but notice that at the bottom of the bowl was a healthy amount of um, what I would call like a butter pond. Like it was, but it had already started like coagulating. And I'm like, you know, fuck it. And I, I would pick up, imagine you scoop up, like, you know, you do three, four fingers. You're not trying, you're, you know, you're a gentleman and you're picking up some popcorn. And uh, as it's coming to your mouth, you have to be careful that the butter dripping from it doesn't get all over you. Yeah. It was that level of butter. So I remarked on the butter. He was like, oh yeah. And uh, if you want butter, it's an extra dollar. So it's $9, nine or $8 popcorn, an extra dollar for butter. Garbage place. <laughs> garbage but, people. But here's the thing. I don't give a shit about any of that. If the staff is nice, we were hanging out. We had a good time. And I promise I'll talk about the movie in a minute. But the staff was fucking herding us out like sheep. And we're like, well, dude, you're not used to people being here. Clearly. Could you be a little bit more polite? There's a yeah. photo trail took because he took a bunch of pictures and the staff hated it. In one of them, if you go to his Instagram, to be fair, he was taking pictures in hallways, <laughs> you know, in the in, in exit <laughs> waves. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on. And uh, when one of them, the staff, there's a staff member just in the back staring at the camera. And it's like, get the come on, yeah. man. Uh, anyway, the film. No hosp- hospitality is dead. So the film, it's a little bit of a treacherous topic to talk about because Robbie Smith is a homie and we love him, but we all know that Robbie is a very um, He's an artiste. He's got a vision and he's going to execute it. And I mentioned it on here. We're buddies with Bill Spataro. He's the guy who did the special effects on here. And Bill kept talking about how much he loved filming this movie. It's great people, a great time. And he told a story about how they were in the kitchen. Everybody was celebrating how good it looked in the monitor. And they're just like, I, we have a really good feeling. And Robbie had to stop everybody to tell them, this is not the movie you think it's going to be. And you're not going to like it when I'm done. And Everybody just being like, what? <laughs> and that's the Robbie I know. And you know what? Even if I don't like his art, I will support him because I think that shit is fucking cool. And that's the kind of art I want to watch. Like, I'll, I'll show up to your house and you, you know, show, give me a tour. And I watched uh, Grieve. I was a little bit worried. I'm like, oh, man, we all going to have to watch this movie. And it's going to be rough. And then we're going to review it. And uh, clearly, I'm so confident because, man, I had a really good time here. Now, despite all the jokes I made about coffee, and I, I remembered watching and being like, man, it was a tough watch. Dude, I think I only saw a rough cut. There was no music. Yeah. I don't think the VO was even in yet. I don't think... Um, there were two effects that were missing. Yeah, the VFX was out, and I watched it this time, and the music kind of caught me off guard. And that's really what I want to talk about. Is Robbie, he's kind of a bleak artist with a vision, and I like his like slow cinema approach and 
there's a lot of room to think as an audience member. Like you can reflect on a lot of the movie as it's happening. And I think if you're like a criterion person who would buy random criterion movies just to like kind of ingest the essays and I don't know, take a look at a film you probably would never see otherwise. This is kind of your cup of tea. There's a lot here. You're not going to, it's not all going to work for you, but the stuff that does, you may learn about your palate in cinema and the stuff you don't, you may learn there too. And my takeaway from this movie was one, I was getting a fucking Douglas Sirk vibe and I just know Robbie probably didn't intend that, but there's a lot of, um, first the topic of grieve is, you know, dealing with suicide and it's, it's heavy shit. Yet we open up and we have a character who's kind of lost in, um, you know, it almost feels like he's underwater. Like everything around him is moving regular, but he's slow and he's having a hard time wading through and he gets caught in thought in like during mundane activities that he's probably done every day for years. And one of the first instances of that is he's looking out his window and he sees a dead mouse on a fence. And it just felt like that fucking final moment in um what what the fuck is that Douglas Sirk movie that I always talk about? Can you look that up, Oksana? The one where there's a giant reveal and the housewife is now living with a lumberjack and they look at the beautiful scenery outside and it is the most mall Santa kind of dressing fake shit and it's so confronting. And yet in Robbie's, it's not like a big reveal. It's a it's like a uh, cross cut. Like you see uh, Paris, he's looking out and he sees a dead rat and he come back and he go for it and he go and it does this a lot. Yet there's like an 80s kind of like, upbeat it's like good music in here and i kept thinking like what am i supposed to be feeling as an audience member like part of me wants to nod my head the other part i can appreciate what it's like to be caught in like uh depression and linger on you know you're pondering the death of a fucking rodent and the other part is like that rodent looks so unrodent <laughs> it looks like you know yeah. a halloween prop I'm like, there's a lot to unpack right here. And we're given the time to do it. But when I, when I walked away from the film, I'm like, okay, so I got like Douglas Cirque vibes from here. Cause that's not the only time we're kind of confronted with uncanny Valley. The music doesn't let up either. It's fucking good. And then I started thinking about like the gore and I'm like, you know, you got Bill Spataro, who's a heavy hitter, um, special effects guy. And he's going off. There's a, there's a couple moments where like blood is like spraying. And it felt kind of Evil Dead too to me. And I'm like, okay, Douglas Sirk and Evil Dead, they're kind of similar aesthetically because it's larger than life. But in application, they couldn't be more different. Like Douglas Sirk is the guy who kind of coined the visual phrase of having a, um, a domestic drama take place. And then somebody will sit down on a staircase and you film them from behind the railing. And it gives an impression of them being jailed or trapped in their life. Like it's heavy shit that he's trying to get you to think about in a fucking weepy movie where evil dead two is like potentially horrific content, but that's not the point. The point is kind of like elevated. There's comedy in evil dead two, So it's larger than life to give you a reprieve yet. We're getting both of them here. And then the music is just upbeat kind of fucking good 80 shit, which honestly I'm probably painting an incorrect picture there because it's not like you're going to, you know, retro new wave it on YouTube and that's what you're going to get. It's more complex than that, but it's, it's good. 
And I was kind of shocked to see that Robbie had made such a collaborative feature. Like I really thought Robbie would be a more pointed kind of, no, everything needs to be like, I am the composer of this misery, slow cinema. Yet it was kind of a spectacle of like a bunch of different artists coming together and not being restrained in any of those avenues. So it's like, honestly, I think the problem people might have is that where it's kind of like, it's, it's a mixed bag, but yet I really like it. I don't know. I felt like I learned a lot about Robbie watching the movie and you know, to give it a rating, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 12. And I don't mean that I give that no friend bump or anything. I really had a good time. I thought it was pretty thoughtful. My main complaint, my one and only complaint, which does honestly, I think, hurt the film. And I, uh, Randy and Clark, I need you both to weigh in here. Was there like an ADR issue? I feel like some of the dialogue, again, we did watch this at the New Parkway and they did stream it from a laptop. So it could have been any of these things. But I felt like everything, the movie looks fantastic, beautiful, high definition. The soundtrack, great. Then people would talk and it felt like their levels were all over the place. Like some people you couldn't hear, like Clark's part. Thank you so much. It passed by and I didn't even notice. And but, I uh, Two parts. You two, okay. Yep, two parts. <laughs> but I mean, part of that was I was really engaging with the movie. Um, and I feel like you're more set dressing than a highlight. Uh, that's well, a compliment. That's, that's your opinion. I think you were so effective, kind of like a good background score that, you know, you, you're not aware of it. Uh, I was supposed to carry the film. <laughs> it was your gray carpet appearance. That's right. Um, but no, I, people would talk and like people whisper in this movie. And they'll be like, you know, oh, you're going to die. That's not an actual quote. But like, it, it just felt like all over the place to no, me. Am I crazy? Die. Randy, you're, you're an audio expert. How did you, did you experience that? I don't think so. No, it's been a while since I've watched it. I did uh, buy it on, on prime, but I only watched maybe about 20 minutes of it, but I don't know. I don't think I noticed anything unusual or weird with the uh, dialogue. Yeah. It's not the, the dialogue per se. It's just the audio levels. Like I felt like when people, yeah, I don't know. Like uh, when our lead meets a friend at the liquor store, I felt like their conversation felt like they were recorded in two different rooms or that's kind of like the impact I got from it. Again, I'm splitting hairs here. I would imagine just in the case of that scene that it's probably the, the opposite. I'm guessing he probably used the, you know, real sound from the actual liquor store. Whereas many times in most movies, a lot of times, even though they capture audio on set, they ADR the shit out of most movies. Yeah. 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 So it's probably the opposite. Interesting. Yeah. And it's funny because you get so used to the it's latter. It's natural, but it sounds different. Yeah. To you because it, yeah. So, but yeah, because it felt unnatural. I don't, you know, it's funny. We could just ask Robbie, but again, yeah. I, you know, I wanted to kind of neutrally roll this out without considering how you felt Robbie, because, um, you know, the thing is you're kind of a charming dude and you're a good artist. So I, I feel like people probably lie to you a lot. And I'm very happy to say that I enjoyed it. And uh, Terrell totally wouldn't have slept if he was so tired, which is not true. Um, But yeah, Grieve, it's available. Go watch it. I'm not sure the preferred platform. I know it's on YouTube, but I imagine they don't deliver in high def. I mean, I export so many videos to YouTube now. I'm like, "Mm." I mean, it's on on Tubi and Amazon Prime. It is now on Tubi. It is now. I know. 
Okay. I know for a while they were lagging. I purchased it on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's probably what I would recommend. Go buy it on Amazon. Ten bucks. Um, yeah, so congratulations, man. I like it. And I think it's, you know, it may not be the the film that Shudder immediately picks up and moves, but there's there's something worth watching there. And I'd, I don't know. I like the uncompromised vision. And oddly collaborative. I, I really was shocked by that. And then I got one more. I promise I won't ramble on about this one. Ramble on. Uh, I did, I, you know, Robbie's film, which we've covered, <laughs> all three of us have covered at different times, couldn't be the only thing. So I, uh, you know, snuck one in. Now I have to give a little context. Uh, I, here's how this went last night. I, we I believe at 11 PM. Oh boy. Saturday night. I said, Oksana, find a new movie. <laughs> she said, okay. An hour later, after we're both doing <laughs> stuff. Did you find a movie? She's like, yeah. And then takes out her phone. I'm like, okay. I don't know why I'm putting it on her anyway. We sit down. Um, I've Googled a top five new movies list of this year. On the list are three movies we've already covered multiple times. And there's two left. One of them, I'm just going to mention here because I swear to God, I thought Clark covered it. And I'm like, uh, maybe, I, maybe I won't. Uh, you know what? Maybe Terrell covered it. You know, I bet neither of you did. Um, I love when you have conversations with you. I know. It's <laughs> welcome to my brain. You're all welcome. And it's it's Night of the Hunted. Now, I'm not covering this movie, but I think maybe we should, Clark. Uh, Night of the Hunted. A woman stops at a remote gas station in the middle of the night and becomes the target of a sociopathic sniper with a secret vendetta. Hey, that's fine. Honestly, I would have watched that movie with that. Uh, good job, IMDb. Unfortunately, I read a listicle that said, uh, I, I believe the way they framed it was. Hey, I, got, uh, I got listicle cancer. Oh, dude, that's terminal. Yes. <laughs> I believe the way that he framed it was a uh, woman uh, stopping to get gas is held hostage by a conservative wacko who is motivated by fake news and uh, and, and strict laws or something. And it's like, meanwhile, across the street, there is a billboard that reads, God is nowhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So it's a shooter at a remote gas station, which I, bad planning, dude. Um, and she's held hostage. I believe she takes a bullet in the arm. And I'm like, God, this sounds like something. I think Clark covered it. And I kept telling Oksana, I'm not going to do it. Clearly, there'd be something here to talk about. So the other movie on the list was Lockdown Tower. Heist. Lockdown Tower. Heist. <laughs> there's, there's a delay on the board. My man. There's a fucking... No, it's Lockdown Tower. Heist. The inhabitants of a high-rise building wake up one morning to discover that their building is shrouded in an opaque fog, obstructing doors and windows, a strange black matter that devours anything that tries to pass through it. I'm in. Right? I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, there's a lot you could do here. But <laughs> the mist in a high tower? So here's here and again, this is a French film. Ooh la la. So we're doing a little bit of the Lehane here. Now remember that. Because uh oh, you know what? I'm I'm trying to have fun with this thing. I didn't like this movie. Aww. Oksana called it out immediately. I think it was like 15 minutes in. She's like, Oh, I don't like this. And um Here's the problem. It's a failed genre movie. Here's a premise, right? Oh, it's a high-rise building. Oh, and uh, 
nobody can see anything out of their window. So eventually when somebody tries to go to work and they die, they're like, fuck, we, we can't leave. Now, there's a bunch of little things that you could explore here. Like, why doesn't the power go out? The power, it's still working. The water's still working. That's about it, though. Phones don't. The TV's not getting any reception. Cool. Let's explore it, right? Wrong. You know what immediately happens? There's a conversation in a hallway in the staircase. We got to start thinking about the future, man. Things are going to get ugly here. And what do they mean by that? Race war. Ah, <laughs> so, yes. Of course, because we're in fucking France. Now, the thing about France that Lahaine dealt with in the 90s very well is that there's a mixed bag of uh, nationalities there. And I think it's part, I don't know, I'm not up on my French immigration, but I do believe they have a funnel system where you end up in kind of like a projects building. And for a while, we had a lot of uh, Middle Easterners there. There are a lot of uh, actual like Africans there. And then you would have like a Jewish population. Like it was very, not the kind of like strict black and white of America. Like, you know, we deal with our demons forever, apparently. And this is kind of theirs. And it was more modern when Lahaine did it. And it was like fresh. And yet we're in a fucking world where we're trying to do Lahaine poorly forever. So this movie gives you a premise where it's like, don't go outside. You'll die. Why? I don't know. Has anybody ever asked that question? I don't, I, you know, honestly, I can't remember. No, you know, and in this movie, it's fine. We can do Dawn of the Dead. You know, let's have everybody break down into microcosm and then we can do our little like uh, thought experiment. That's fine. I'm into that. But you need one guy. You need one weirdo who's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care about the politics of this building. I don't care about the race of this building. I care about the black shit that is killing us when we try to stick our hand out the window. And you have them experimenting. Logs. They're doing all the good work. They weren't blinded by superficial shortcomings, right? I mean, what divides us? Skin color. Okay, that's immediate. What happens when a whole race is gone? Genocide worked in the building. It's like, well, now what? You know, those small distinctions get bigger the less there are. This movie dwells on that. It doesn't do a good job of it. And they never have a character who explores the blackness. It's such a bummer. And it's like the whole time you're watching this movie and you get caught up in these dumb religious um, wars uh, that are boiled down to race. And then they hand fish shit in like one guy. He starts sleeping with two girls and it's like, whoa, we've really devolved. Same time. No, at same time. And it's a reveal. It's like, wow, we're really breaking down. You know, here's another thing. There's a throwaway comment. They do it all the time in France, bro. There's a throwaway comment. Everybody was shaved from what I could. No, there's one moment in the third act of the movie where a lesbian woman steps out of her apartment and she has a fight with the girl. Now, this is an interesting situation, too, because at the beginning of the movie, you get you you find them in their apartment and it felt like a one night stand just ended. And you know it's France because one girl is sitting proudly in her bed, topless. And again, it, it may harken back to Truffaut and Hitchcock and them talking about Psycho. Like, why didn't the bitch tits out, said Truffaut. Yes. And then Hitchcock Famously. was like. <laughs> and, and she's sitting there. She's just rocking the rack. And uh, oh. the, the girl says, okay, you know what? We'll see you later. She goes downstairs. There's a brawl in the foyer because this is France. And uh, somebody gets, there's a tuffle, there's a tumble and a tussle. They end up in the black. And then uh, guess what? There's only an ankle left. And somebody picks oh. it up and goes, ah! and it's like, this is a cool movie. It's a carter- uh, cauterized wound. And uh, 
you're like, oh, weird. That like kind of one-off fling is now going to be forever town. And there's an interesting dynamic there because one of them was a guest. She in no way intended on staying there. And uh, we kind of yada, yada, yada over all those details. Although there is a little foreshadowing where somebody's like, I'm hungry. And they're like, well, you got a cat. And it's like, that's what the Chinese do. And I thought of Clark. And he did try a dog. And then uh, yada, yada. We're in the future. We're in the lockdown future, which I kept thinking, is this a fucking COVID movie? Yeah. But that doesn't hold up. I'm like, is this like a race war movie? But that doesn't hold up either. Is this like a uh, government oppression and we're keeping the people down? Because Oksana pointed out, maybe it's about poor people not being able to leave their neighborhood kind of thing. That doesn't hold up either, though. <sighs> what holds up, Russ? Nothing. But they do eat cats. <laughs> that be- so the economy, the whole way it works here. It's like, we're going to run out of food, but we have pets. So if we keep breeding pets, we can eat them. I'm like, well, what are the pets eating? That's never addressed. Uh, so it turns into a market. There's a barter system with dogs and cats. There's a, there's a moment. Food. And, you know, here, let me, let me say a some positive things. System. <laughs> oh, my. And here's for all the cats who died to make this movie because they actually killed them. And uh, I can't prove that. Randy, don't yell at me. There's a, you know, a lot of the set deck here. Very good. There's a moment where we're in like phase two. What is that movie I hated? Was it called High Rise? Yes. Ben Wheatley. Yeah. I kept thinking of that. And I'm like, you know what? This makes me like High Rise more. Because he he had the same problems where we're kind of like time jumping and we're dealing with people. But at least he went fucking weird with it. This movie, it felt, you don't need to. And you definitely don't need to watch Lockdown Tower. Heist. Um, there's a moment where the camera follows the character through a kitchen and the kitchen is like bustling. And in one part, you're like, it's good to know that there's life thriving here, but it's hard to ignore that cat in the cage on the stove. (laughs) And I'm like, I really enjoyed their commitment to that, but man, I really hate it when it boils down to like the whites have started breaking down the walls between their apartments. Things are getting bad. You know, 33 people have died. That means rebirth. There's no way around it. What are you saying? The rapture? Uh, Yes, I am. Okay, here's five lumps of sugar. Put a voodoo curse on the guy downstairs. Bruno's a problem. Okay, one needle for every lump. You know what? Here, three more lumps of sugar. This is the thing that happens in that movie. Sounds tight. It's fucking boring. How do you make listed on doesthedogdie.com oh no someone said yes actually maybe not (laughs) oh boy (laughs) that is true the Uh, ambiguous dog death the french are are known for many things and and making decisions is not (laughs) no they do they tease the dog all the time there's a moment okay here you're gonna love this and it felt very lahane there's old people in apartment they've completely removed themselves people agreed that the uh, blue hairs are, uh, they're off limits. Leave them alone. So three children run upstairs, they, but only two can, or only one can be seen in the people. He knocks on the door and they're like, what do you want? He's like, I got your books. <laughs> I don't know what that was. He's like, I got your books, mister. Mr. Cartier. And, and he's like, you punk, leave it there and get out of here. And he's like, all right. And then he, he takes a couple steps. He stomps, make sure he can hear him. And then he hugs the wall with his buddies. He's like, oh, damn, brats. 
Um, let me get my books. And he opens the door. They kick the door open, run in there. And his wife, she, she's a blue hair too. She's on her bed and she's like, don't do it. Don't. And they're like, where is it? Where's the dog? We came here for the dog. And she's like, no, you can't have him. Leave him alone. And they're like pushing her. And then they open up the closet and his bed, his whole life is in there because he's a fucking purse dog. I'm like, you three little shitheads are doing this for a shitty purse. There's no meat on those bones. <laughs> well, they take him away and uh, they walk over the dead body of her husband. She died from the door hit. The body hit the floor. The body hit the floor and uh, was done forevermore. And uh, that's the movie in a nutshell. I'm, I'm bummed Oksana left because there is a moment where they she are. She got uh, bored. They're dressing a cat. Yeah. Then it's it's well, in a frying pan. It? You know what? Let me do let me do some oh, fucking you mean, producer. Oh, work. you mean dressing as in putting I thought you meant because they were eating the cat, they were uh, field dressing the cat. Yeah, no, field dressing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you flashed me back to when I was going on Bart with my mom. I think I was how old was I? I was very young. And we passed by a building that had a sign. We dress rabbits. And I went, Well, that's a they make money, like <laughs> and my mom was like, No, they eat them. <laughs> cook them. That's funny. And I was horrified. I was like, wait, why do they call it that? That's such a, it's such a nice term for a barbaric um, thing to do. Sorry, I'm talking while I'm looking up. Does the dog die? Dog die. What's the name of the movie? Tower Heist? Uh, Lockdown Lockdown Tower? Lockdown Tower. Tower I can only remember Tower Heist. As you should. Hell yeah. Does the dog die? Actually, maybe not. Okay, thank you. Support free content. No, I refuse. Uh, Unanswered triggers. Whoa, there's not a lot here. Okay, I guess I got homework. I gotta go in here and I gotta inform Does the Dog Die about all the atrocities that happen to the animals in this movie. All right. Out of 12. Out of 12 towers. Out of 12 towers, I think we're going to have to knock down about 10 of them. I'm joking. No, I, I can't. <laughs> You're giving a twin tower, Sam? Um, fuck, what would I give this movie? It did make me mad. But I, this can't be the first one-star review I ever give on the show. Oh, so it's going to be it's going to be it sub made me, six. It made me mad, man. Honestly, the actors were good in this movie. I love the lighting. They had like a noir thing going a lot of depth in the black. Uh, I love the color grade. And again, I'm talking about the color grade, not the people. Um, although they had a lot of depth, too. You would say I love the blacks. <laughs> That's what you would say. I, you know, the problem is that you can tell they made this movie to give you a ham handed lesson on how to be a human. Yeah. And it's like your favorite thing. I don't even think you know how to be a human. So why the fuck are you trying to teach me? And the real thing that made me mad here is that they got me on a premise that they never explored. And that's why you gave it. Fuck. I think I'm going to have to, what a two on a 12 star. What is that? A five star. Are you for real? I think I am. I'm going two star. 0.8. That's not even one star. 0.8. So you round it up. It's a one star. But that's if you go to the archaic five star. Two out of Dude, we're going two out of Dude, I fucking, you know, I hate this movie. I should have watched the Republicans shooting up a gas station. You 9-11 this movie, dude. Fucking did not like. And the other thing is, you know, Brandy gets it. Lahane is so good. And that movie, you can watch that movie. It's a fucking adventure movie. It's it's an unlikely group of characters get together and go to an art gallery. Yeah. And you learn. Cloak. You can watch that movie. Yeah, exactly. 
That movie's fucking good, man. And careers were launched off of it. And so was Tower Heist. Oh my God. True. And so was Tower Heist. That's true. They copied two movies and failed to do anything. You can agree. Tower Heist better than this movie? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Tower Heist is fine. It's just, you know, I felt dumber having watched it. You just don't like having a good time. That's it. Oh you don't like fun. I just, I don't like predictable cinema, bro. Bum, 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 bum. We going Snoopy. All right. We did it. I, uh, You know what? I was... Uh, I still thought you were going to give this like five or six. Really? Yeah. No. I'm uh, I'm getting more mad the more I think about it. Great. I love it. Oh, you want to know how it ends? Here we go. Oh, my God. Give it so to me one, in 30 seconds. You know, I'm, okay, two things. One, there's a Batman origin in this movie. Oh, God. Where two parents get shot because the guy's like, but yeah. he's not trying to do it. But, yeah. And their kid's sitting there crying in between. And I'm like, it just made me feel bad. And I'm like, well, fuck you, movie. I, at no point was I ever entertained, and now you're making me feel bad. Then, at the very end of the movie, our main character, spoiler alert, she doesn't die, is sitting there with the kid, and they're up against a wall. And she's telling them some story about the lion and the lamb or some shit. It's so boring. And then he's like, does dying hurt? And she's like, or he said, what does dying feel like? Oh, no. And she's like, nothing. And then it cuts to him. Nothing? It cuts back to her. No credits. It's good. I was like, what does that even mean? It's good. It's fucking garbage. I love it. It's I'll a go, garbage I'll, movie. I'll review it next week. Okay, please do. <laughs> and uh, fucking hated that movie. You know what it sounds like we need to do? We need to uh, call our friends over at the New Parkway Theater <laughs> and, and show this movie in the theater, in the Beanbag Theater. I think we'll have a great time. I lived very close to that theater for about four years. I don't think I went once while I was there. Well, oh, you know what? I, f- I failed to mention the East Bay cinematographers did come out to grieve and Jasadi uh, G- Perkins, he kept mentioning, you know, I live down the street, which uh, by the end of the night, we can verify he does not live down the street. It wasn't that far. He f- it wasn't that far, but it was not a uh, hop skip away from the yeah, theater. It was half, maybe it was yeah. fun to make fun of it. It was fun. Um, but he said, you know, I live down the street and I don't come to this fucking theater. <laughs> He said, they made me sit in a beanbag during Purple Rain. I'm never coming back here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we did it. Excellent episode, boys. You know, we covered the mountaintops. We covered the uh, the catacombs. We did it all. Anything else before we uh, say goodbye? Adios. Uh, no episode on Thursday this week. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm. Too busy. I and just also, can't be bothered. And also, heads up, probably, maybe, which will Wait. be Thanksgiving uh, this next Thursday. Oh, we got to uh, do something for well, that. Well, I'll be out of town, so we need to discuss that going? post-show. Um, but, uh, you go you to know, Bunny Ranch? It is, it is the holidays. <laughs> yes. It is your Thanksgiving tradition. The Bunny Ranch is calling. No, it's time for Dada to get his sawed off some action. <laughs> <laughs> All right, of 24 hour, 23, go buy tickets. I believe they are $25, so it's a dollar an hour. Hey, that's pretty good. That's not bad. All right, Randy, uh, take our listeners home. Yeah, join us next week for our big review of the Del Taco Birria Ramen. Are you going to get Del Tacos in this area? There is a Del Taco in this area. Well, maybe like a 20-minute drive from here, so I might have to go make a trip.
Do we have a Del Taco out here? No. Yeah, bad bad idea, Randy. <laughs> you could DoorDash it though. Not sure. from where? From Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. And Gold Belly. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.